to another Hi. edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. How yeah. are you doing there, Joe Patrice? I'm good. I'm good. Are you a senior editor at Above the Law? I am. That's uh, interesting to yeah. know. Yeah. No, yeah. It's so, really so, interesting is I'm also a senior editor at Above the Law. No. And, and yeah. you're Catherine Urbino. I, I am Catherine Urbino. Yeah. We're joined. As always. By Chris Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And I, also am works. I too a senior editor at Above the Law? You are not. You are an editor at Above the Law. Damn. Combo break. Combo break. Yeah, Yeah, we're older. But, you know, that's... There's a lot of other ways you could have said that that were not, you know, hurtful. I understand. Okay. Well, that Uh, said, when you do use the word, the prefix senior to talk about your being a worker, I mean, that is kind of the... Course. I mean, there's no, not really I mean, like, a way around Even a word like experienced as opposed to older was probably, first of all, just nicer, right. mm. uh, more accurate, because I am, in fact, younger than you are, Joe. So I don't think that we should be like looping us into the same age bracket here. But, you know, whatever. Anywho. So let's have uh, some small talk time. Uh, so, yeah. You are so, a petty, petty man. I am. So what's everybody been up to? I'll, I'll start. Great. Uh, I have a fox problem. What, what, what do they say? What do they do now? What does a fox say? Yeah, no, I, I remember Ooh. that. Yeah, so I've got a family of foxes who have decided I'm their owner, and they That's, pay me tribute. That does not seem great. Yeah, they pay me tribute with duck carcasses. Which is not great. That's that's a plural there. Yep, there's that's been not, a few. That's Carcass not happiness I. to see me. Yeah, so I'm I'm waiting on waiting on a call from the animal control people about what kind of repellents and stuff I need to invest in to just get them to stop hanging around the house. That's yeah, yeah. Like, I go mean, back to the woods. It just feels like you don't want foxes to be overly familiar. Yeah. I think that's I think that's fair. You know, to be frank, uh, I think what may have happened is they must they may just be listeners to the show and they remember true. Uh, Catherine's recent love of Disney. And you're like, we'll be the most it's Disney true. princess thing possible. Yeah, and of course, I haven't heard Joe sing, but I just assume his voice yeah. is heavenly. So maybe like it was too loud in the shower one day, and then they you know the the nose is perked up because apparently that's maybe, what foxes here. Maybe with. foxes are your demon. No, oh, remember yeah. that? What From, was that? From the his, his dark, dark materials, materials books. maybe that's okay. what's going on here. Yeah, uh, no, I think I just have boxes, um, and I'm neighbors maybe that have chickens or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I haven't seen a chicken carcass yet, so we'll Ooh. see. But yeah, no. So uh, that's been my weekend. I don't know about anybody. Good else. times. Yeah, that uh, that sounds like a blast. It has not been. So you've, you've removed the carcass eye? Yeah, yeah. I, I go out with shovels and remove carc eye. Carc uh, eye, is that? I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's all wrong, but that's but fine. Yeah, poor ducks. Well, you're a duck, so is, that's it, true. is it extra violent to an Oregon alum? Yeah, I, I wonder if this is a warning. They're like, <laughs> this is what we do to ducks around here. <laughs> yeah, so I gather I've got a. I got to get some like ultrasonic things and and like predator urine from like bigger animals. Well, that sounds like it smells like a true yeah, it's delight. Gonna be great. It's yeah. going to be just super. You know, it's nothing quite says welcome home like the smell of wolf urine. Yeah. So that's uh yeah, again, this is my this is my life. Question though, have you considered adopting like a a pet monkey getting a purple backpack and saying Swiper, no trespassing three times? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no swiper. Yeah, not. Uh, oh, man. 
not going <laughs> to do that uh, with the monkeypox situation. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. That's timely. I mean, I'm really looking forward to season four of Pandemic Life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, they brought in the new cat character, like little, you know, cousin Oliver, the monkeypox, Up, and it'll upping be... The, upping the stakes a little bit. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be yeah. a good time. But I actually took advantage of the warm weather this weekend. Oh, yeah. It was unseasonable, well, not unseasonably because it's May, but mm. it went from not at all spring-like and a little chilly to like 90-some-odd degrees and sweating quite profusely outside but my cousin was in town so i had a little family bbq cool how about you chris did you think fun well i think it was saturday it was the heat wave it was like mm-hmm. 9500 degrees out and that friday i think it hailed like there was ice yep. coming from the sky so yeah. considering the recent weather and how the supreme court is looking i brushed up on my christian gnosticism <laughs> just to familiarize myself with what just appear checking. to be ending times, you know. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you can't laugh at the end of the world, what can you laugh at? Listen, yeah. um, speaking speaking of, because I'm still playing Elden Ring, and one of the one of the endings uh, to the game is to usher in the end of the world. Shouts out to Shabribri. On my Soul Level 1 playthrough, I am about to, I'm now at Malekith the Black Blade. So for those mm. who understand what that means... Oh God, I'm in Malakith. (laughs) But yeah, that's been mostly my weekend. Learning about the end of times and trying to usher in the end of times in Elden Ring. Well, it sounds like you're prepared for 2022. Yep. All right. Let's let's get to the the news of the week. So by concluding... Petty, petty man. Concluding small talk. Uh, Yeah, so what's uh, been going on? It seems as though the... Epicenter of news for last week was Yale Law School. Uh, they managed you know. to find them way, their way into the news a couple of times. Uh, the first of which was the ongoing fascination the Washington Free Beacon seems to have with Yale and trying to turn them into some pilot program for a new fascist state. And what they did was did a bunch of doxing of Yale Law students who had complained that you know, maybe the time has come to stop inviting FedSoc kids to their parties. Well, that doesn't seem like the appropriate reaction to, you know, pruning a guest list. Yeah, I I don't see anything wrong with not inviting people to your parties. That seems like certainly within the... You have the freedom to associate with whoever you choose to. Yeah. It's almost like that's a pretty basic freedom, but, you know, who's to say? And the reply to this, of course, was for a newspaper to reveal all the people who did this, call the future employers of some of these people to ask for comments. Just really, really ridiculous, petty stuff over something that is, you know, pretty mundane. This is obviously the the whole problem with the right calling out cancel culture as somehow bad or problematic or whatever, right, is that... You're allowed to not like every message. You're allowed to not like people. You're allowed when people make choices and to react. Those mm-hmm. things are not that. That's that's just being alive in a society. I mean, I've, I've used this line in a lot of my work on the, this subject generally, but the slow transformation of freedom of speech from you get to say things and the government can't shut you down to you are obligated to be a 
docile bullshit receptacle who just sits there as every message is forcibly shoved in your face is a real problem. Uh, that's not what free speech has ever been before, but that is certainly the interpretation these folks seem to have for it. And yeah, so that was that was the first thing that happened. It's getting really ridiculous. Mm -hmm. The fact that there's anybody out there defending the assault on these kids is ridiculous, but unfortunately there are. So that's why we have to keep talking about it. But at, and I think we've, we've talked about this on this show before, right? Like we don't want to have to always be talking about Yale law school. It's just like that. I mean, they're just there all the, the Yale time. law SEO performs fairly well. So yeah. <laughs> I don't have a real problem with it, but yeah, there are lots of other law schools happy to talk about them, but Yale does seem to attract the very worst. I yeah. personally would love to slander Vanderbilt, but that's just a personal. <laughs> so on thin ice. So Andy. with that, with that in mind, let's move to the next topic, which is about Yale Law School. There we go. So, we go. <laughs> so it, with the uh, ongoing fallout from the leaked Alito draft and the impending overturning of Roe and Casey, Akil Amar. Uh, Gale Law Professor, decides to write a op-ed in the Wall Street Journal talking about how, you know, I'm a Democrat who vote, you know, who cares about abortion rights, but, you know, it seems as though this is the right opinion. I, I don't see any reason why there is any constitutional rights here. Uh, just what bothered me. Well, he, yeah. first of all, you don't get to call yourself a liberal or a Democrat or a progressive or any of these words if you think that this proposed Dobbs decision is OK. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a litmus test, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm here to be very explicit. If you're OK with that, you're none of those words. None of them. That is not even being judgmental about it. I mean, I have judgments associated with that, but this is merely descriptive at this point. The thing about it that got me was even if you have these these alternative views. Think about the context of where you are. Like, read the room. Yeah. Uh, you, even if you have these sorts of issues, you know, when you go to a major publication and do the work of whitewashing this for the benefit of, you know, the, the right-wing folks who are trying to do it, I mean, this is going to come back and bite you later. Even mm -hmm. if you don't care about reproductive rights, which you probably should, but even if you don't, like, if you care about any sort of right, this work of whitewashing this is setting up that future assault. Uh, we already know from the opinion that it casts a suspicious eye on the vi continued viability of marriage equality, privacy. All of these are up for grabs by the terms of this draft. I mean, explicitly calls out Lawrence v. Texas and yeah. marriage equality explicitly within the text of the document. Yeah. This is not, oh, liberals are being crazy. They're just, they're being terrified, which one you should be. Uh, but this is what the actual opinion, the draft opinion that we've all read says. Yeah, I mean, it, if you choose to ignore it, listen, Republicans are telling you they are explicit about what's coming next. If you choose to ignore this, that's on you. I mean, in fairness, they they, they mention them in the logic of they are safe, but I don't think anybody can read that as anything more than a kind of a fig leaf 
to be thrown in there for the sake of... I mean, they also say that like abortion that is not based on this kind of historic right, also those privacy rights and marriage equality are also not based in the history. Right, the the reasoning of the opinion puts these in, juxtaposes these pretty clearly, that Mm -hmm. this is the same logic by which they would overturn all these other rights, so... There have been other, there are other rights, obviously, and other cases that are very much, I think, on the far right agenda. We've heard folks explicitly talk about calling into question Brown v. Board, mm-hmm. uh, Sullivan, Griswold. I've written, we've written <laughs> collectively many, many words about all of the horrors that potentially wait for us if this does become, which it will be, the the decision that carries the day. Uh, and none of it, none of it's great. But it, but it really gets to a, there's a there's a category of people out there that mm-hmm. are problematic in the legal academy who operate on this logic that they can cabin off everything as a unique little plaything of an argument with no regard to the broader you know fabric of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing an op-ed at this point about how I don't know seems like Alito's doing just fine is. Even if you think that in some limited sense, the, you are putting yourself in a worse, you yeah. know, making the situation worse across the board. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't need to hear from you. Uh, you you <laughs> can go ahead and shut your mouth. Discretion. You know, yeah. you know like discretion is a better part of valor. Yeah. yeah, that is not great. No, it's not. Not great. Hey, oh. you should probably get that. Oh, don't have, Do you have time. A call? Oh, yeah, yeah because we're, we're recording yeah, right, the podcast. But, but we could, we could, you know, oh, yes, have, have somebody. a virtual reception have somebody service. Pick it up for us. Yeah. So that'd, let's that'd hear great. from Posh uh, about that. As a lawyer, ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call when you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting. That's where Posh comes in. We're live virtual receptionists who answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. And the Posh app lets you control when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Start your free trial today at Posh.com. All right, uh, we're back. Uh, we were While we were on the subject of the Supreme Court, Chris, uh, fill us in on what Clarence Thomas has been up to. Yeah. So you remember that thing where judges aren't supposed to do anything, especially in the public eye, that could give them at least even the appearance of impropriety? Yeah, that. So Clarence Thomas got in front of a bunch of people and said, basically, uh, the press are doing a horrible job and that if he were doing as bad of a job as the press were doing, that he would quit. You promise? Um, Yeah. That's the hope. (laughs) Like, I wasn't paying attention to that part in contract, but I, I really hope that, like, you know, I, I want specific performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thing? Right. Yeah. I want, I want that specifically. Um, but, yeah, so he gets up and bashes the, the press, which is, you know, I guess what you can only do because there's not any, like, risk of there being a, a case going to the Supreme Court or anything that has to do with, like, right. the, the capacities of the press to do something. Like, nothing. Well, there wasn't, there, wasn't that a recent uh, Sarah Palin case? Well, yeah, Sarah tried to overturn New York Times v. Sullivan on her own. Yeah, so, I mean, but hey, it's not like that's a case being talked about in contemporary times that, you know, you shouldn't show your opinions. Anyway, so (laughs) that was a thing. And being the, you know, restrained person I am, like, okay, now it's time to dunk on Clarence Thomas because I want him to take him at his own word and quit. Mm -hmm. You know, retire (laughs) because, you know, it's nice to have a... It's generally nice to have black people on the um, court, 
Well, we've got Kentaji now, so you know he can he can go home. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, there was a at least it's funny to me. So, con law was not my best grade in law school because I I did that thing. You know, y'all know about the commerce clause, right? Yes, I've heard of it. Heard of it, <laughs> right? It would have been nice of me to mention it once, <laughs> which I did not. And Ooh. it was one of those things where it was like an it wasn't just an open book test. It was a twenty four hour take home. Ooh. And this was pre-COVID. Like I had no ex- I had no excuse to not mention. I mean, Wickard. Like I, I didn't mention. <laughs> I didn't. I did not mention. I did not mention the Commerce Clause at all. But there was this one question where we were basically uh, looking at. Uh, there was a there was a Clarence Thomas quote, and he was like, "Oh, we should overturn the slaughterhouse cases." Uh, because the way that people read due process into the 14th Amendment is not how it was meant to be used historically, what have you. And I made a, I made a joke at his expense as a law student. So I've been consistent. Uh, <laughs> I looked, I read his opinion, and I noticed that one of the uh, judges that he cited to was a former Supreme Court justice, Black, right? And in a footnote, mm-hmm. I put, this is the one documented time in which Clarence Thomas echoed a Black opinion. <laughs> I was so proud of that moment. <laughs> I was so proud. Lowest grade in the class, probably, but worth it. Worth it. And for what it's worth, worth it. In fairness, I doubt it's that reference that gave you the low grade as opposed to the commerce, the commerce clause, clause issue. issue. Hey, yeah. look, you know, little you're column right. A, little column B. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just it was just all column B, the column B being the commerce clause. Like it is a huge, <laughs> it is a huge part of constitutional law. Pretty so big for, oversight, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah, any zero to three hours listening, don't be like me. You know, you know, it's not everything's perfect on this side. <laughs> I'm just, my memory is a failure. <laughs> I'm just really struggling to figure out how you managed to not even stumble into it. Like, what were the questions that where where at no point did you go like, wait a minute, commerce clause. Hold the phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, that is a great question. Yeah. I wish that was on the test because maybe it would have reminded me to mention the commerce clause. But, you know, when the stress is mounting and you're really trying to call a Supreme Court justice a coon, you, you yeah. lose you lose <laughs> attention. You know, you get the blinders on. Like that one time when there was a prosecutor who was clearly racist who didn't want any yeah. black jurors on a, um, a, a murder trial and Clarence Thomas said, oh, that's fine. You know, you just don't see things. You don't see things. And it happens. It happens. Yeah. I mean, I had, a, I had an experience of a similar one. It was, though it was an exam in class where it was conflict of laws and just one of the three major tests of conflict of laws i just like blanked on and never even talked about it ran ran the question through two of them and then just moved on and afterwards i I was talking to somebody and they mentioned that case and i went oh yes yeah newman yeah (laughs) yeah no i did mention marbury though there you go you know so that's that's something Okay, let's transition and chat of what's going on with bad reasons to fire people. Mm. Uh, We had a big law story, um, although technically comes from us, uh, comes to us from across the pond. It's a London story. There was a partner in the London office of White and Case who sadly lost his wife to cancer. 
he was also let go from the firm. Uh, He says because the grief and depression that he experienced following the death of his wife caused him a bunch of mental issues, as one might imagine. And that was why he was let go. And that is a problem because that should be a protected disability, you know, those kinds of mental issues. And why in case, and he says that, you know, it was a toxic environment, something he's never experienced before. And he's worked at other big law firms, et cetera. Why in cases response, which is was in the filings, it wasn't necessarily a statement about it, but in these filings, according to lots of reports, was that sadness and grief are not disabilities. I like, yeah, yeah, you don't, even if that's what you think, no, you don't say that. It's hard when the allegations are you have a toxic work environment and that is, that is the pull quote from your briefing, right? Right. Even if, and, and again, I'm certainly not an expert on British law, right? Mm-hmm. British employment law, don't know really anything about it. Know a lot about big law firms though. And the fact that there are allegations about toxic law and work environments, not, not particularly surprising in any big law firm, frankly. So you always know that that's a risk that's out there that big law, you know, works hard. It's a difficult job. If it were easy, you'd probably get paid a lot less. So it's a difficult job. You know that it's a tough work environment. Why try to, why add to the PR nightmare? Right. That is grief is not a disability to a widower. Yeah. Uh, They also said things like um, that uh, he had another business venture that he was working on while uh, he was on bereavement leave uh, and and said that he was was fired for cause, that his work product wasn't satisfactory, whatever. But pulling it outside of the, the legal implications of that particular case, I just think it's a terrible, it's a terrible look for a firm. Yeah. And this is a partner, right? So you can only imagine the kind of shit rolls downhill world of the associates, paralegals, admins at the firm. If this is what a partner who was like the co-head of his group Mm. in the office, if that's what if that's if that's what this person is feeling, you know, one's mind can can certainly imagine how it how it rolls. (laughs) Yeah, that's a rough, rough story. Um. Yeah, it, it, like a, we've talked a lot about how law firms need to come have kind of a real reckoning with mm-hmm. how toxic they can become. You know, like it definitely is a place where, you know, there's important work that needs to get done, but also, you know, I, some a little bit of humanity. Yeah, and... And, and especially for, you know, I, I do um, the Jabot podcast as well, and I tend to do more interviews as opposed to my own just kind of pontificating. And I speak to folks who are in leadership positions of big law firms. And that's kind of a, a question I'm always asking, which is, you know, how do you imp- how do you try to create a culture? Like what's on your mind? And, I, and, and by and large, I think most leaders at big law firms are very aware of the downsides of their job. They're, they're aware that it can... It leads to burnout, overworking, that it can be a really problematic place for a lot of folks to work, uh, particularly given the sort of talent crunch that the industry is seeing. They, I think that more than ever, big law firms should be uh, aware of, the, of this kind of potential problem. And there just has to be a better way of, you know, without getting to any of the details about what actually happened in this case, but sadness and grief are not a disability is a terrible line. It's just terrible. Speaking of law firms, I guess this story is relatively new and it wasn't on our original schedule, but it seems like it's going to be a big deal this week. 
Speaking of law firms, Elon Musk is trying to start one. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, he He's went trying. on a tweet storm at the end of the week saying that he was going to begin his own legal practice, uh, needs litigators, they're never going to fight unjust cases, and yada, yada, yada. Send him three to five bullet points of why you should be on the team. He Isn't wants he fighting a sexual assault charge right now or something? No, he settled that, which brings me to, <laughs> I'm like, if your position is we will never settle any case that's not true, uh, like then then are you telling us that was true? I, I, I think that's why you don't go around making blanket statements like that, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, yeah, so he's trying to start up his law firm here. He specifically calls out Perkins Coie and Cooley as... Firms. He oh, certainly has a bone to pick with Cooley. That he doesn't right? like, yes. No, yeah. and, and his bone to pick with Cooley was... Yeah, one of the Cooley associates previously worked at the SEC and was involved in the case uh, where the SEC went after Elon for the tweets that he, right. he made and, and had that uh, agreement in place as a result. And uh, Elon Musk demanded that Cooley fire the associate, otherwise they would lose his business. And they were like, Oh, we're going to go with a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, and so they did not fire said associate. And Elon absolutely pulled work from the firm. Not all of it, obviously, you know, things are halfway through, whatever. But yeah, no, there's definitely an impact. And I, and speaking about like ways to build a culture, I think that that for, I think Cooley gets a ton of credit from my perspective for taking the side of the associate. Yeah. Especially like not even a partner, an associate. Yeah. Good for them. Good for, good for Cooley. That's that, that was my take on that. Meanwhile, Perkins Cooey is just uh, is so deeply involved in like the John Durham delusions mm -hmm. that his M Musk's new fan base of right wing trolls view Perkins as the bad guy. So that's yeah. why he mentions them. But he says he wants street fighters and there will be blood. You actually which... don't want any of those qualities in a lawyer. But preferably no, those not. are not those are not great characteristics are something that you want to win in a courtroom. Yeah. That that's... is how you get your attorneys on above the law. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you yeah, know how so... many, you know how many electricity puns I'll make? Shocking. Tesla lawyer <laughs> burns out. Like it's going to be so bad. There won't, well, there I will mean... never be a shortage of electricity puns no. I can make. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. That's uh, good. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's real time uh, people. That's real time. <laughs> yeah. So he's, uh, he's got a law firm that can, arbitrarily catch fire now if history is any guide so yeah uh that's what he's looking into we'll see how that works you know wish him all the worst on this endeavor <laughs> so he's yeah he's to invest uh, in the glass company i'm still surprised nobody gives him more shit for that time he showed off a boxy ass car and it crumbled <laughs> it crumbled harder than i don't know mm -mm. young thugs associates once they saw the rico charges like i'm going now right that looked like it was aluminum foil more than glass. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what he's up to. Uh, I don't know, and certainly don't condone people applying to this with joke bullet points. But you I mean. know, <laughs> so I, I've certainly seen in the replies to it a bunch of people have already sent their five joke bullet points to him because you know this is not how professionals hire folks. No, uh -uh, so. Uh -uh. While Joe right. may not condone it, I do. Please send us, <laughs> please send us your joke Tesla resumes to oh, tips yeah, at yeah. Resumes, Law. Bullet points. 
Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Chris Wo- C. Williams at AboveAll.com. <laughs> that is an easy write-up. I would love to do that. Please <laughs> actually, actually, yeah, you get on that now. Put a put a post up asking people what their three to five bullet yeah. points. We got a lot. We got lots of holds on the schedule today, yeah, Chris. Let's do get that. on it. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. So with that, I think we're pretty much done here. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. You should be subscribed to the show, give it reviews, all of that stuff. Uh, You should be following us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One. Uh, The numeral one. The numeral one, yes. Uh, And Chris is at Rights for Rent. You should be reading Above the Law so you see all of these stories and more before we chat about them. You should check out our other shows. Catherine hosts The Jabot. I am a panelist on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable or Legal Happy Hour, Legal Tech Happy Hour as I personally call it. Uh, You should be checking out the other shows on the Legal Talk Network that we aren't hosts of, but check those out. I think that's, oh, and thanks to Posh for sponsoring. bit of a programming note now you two aren't here next week so uh we'll have a we'll have a show with a guest host or something and then uh yeah that's uh what's coming up maybe one of the foxes has something to say well maybe what do they say all right (laughs) have a good one that's it okay bye